Hello everyone and welcome back to Americana Uncovered, episode 20, Rand McNally Road Atlases. So today we are going to be discussing just that, and um, I decided to pick this topic because um, topics in the past that focused on road trips or um, roadside attractions and tales from the road, all that stuff, and without a road atlas, um, more like a GPS now, but in the same concept of it, without a road atlas, without a, a detailed, drawn-out map of, to let you know where you're going, you wouldn't be able to, to visit those places or or see the country how you see it now. And the people we really have to thank for that are the people at Rand McNally. And they have been doing this for um, over 100 years. Not the road atlas itself, but the whole concept of the company has been around for that long. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about their starting uh, points and how that came about, um, the history of the company that really took off after they passed away. Um, it's two people, if you didn't know, uh, we'll be going into that. And then a couple facts and some we're going to hit on the covers and how they changed and evolved through the years because I think that's a really cool aspect of it, just the covers of these um, road atlases. I was at the store the other day, and this is kind of what sparked my uh, interest in doing this topic is they had a Rand McNally hardcover, like, coffee table book with all the covers um, from uh 1924 to 2019 i believe so that was their 95th anniversary um next year 2024 will be their 100th anniversary of their road atlases but anyway let's get right into the history of Rand mcnally Okay, so in 1856, the company was founded by William H. Rand and Andrew McNally, and it was incorporated in 1873. It is the oldest firm uh, known of its kind in the country and one of the world's leading map makers. The company's first publication was an annual report of the railroad company in 1868, and their first map was issued in 1872. So they were introducing maps and, and uh, ways to get around for railroads, but that wasn't the only thing. Um, in 1894, they um, opened a textbook department and uh, called Rand McNally's Primary School Geography, and children, children's books were added to its publishing list in 1900. And also their first advent of motor, uh, automobiles was in 1908. It was their first road guide, so it was a good, um, a solid almost 30 years until they came out with their what they're really known for. So in 1907, uh, Rand McNally began publishing their road and road maps and road atlases with uh, the first photo auto guide, which detailed the route of an auto, uh, automobile trip from Chicago to New York. The photo auto guide consisted of directions for automobile drivers, um, and along with it accompanied photos to aid the traveler. 
The photos were used by the company's subsequent Chicago to Milwaukee auto guide, which would be taken by Andrew McNally II and his bride during their honeymoon in 1909. In 1917, Rand McNally published the first road map to feature numbered highways. The numbering system invented uh, by a map draftsman named John Brink eliminated the need for long names, which were difficult to uh, depict on maps. Brink became the head of Rand McNally's Blaze Trails Department. In addition to producing road maps, uh, Rand McNally was also responsible for erecting many highway signs. So that was a big deal when you could write 66 on a map instead of a whole um, prior to that, what <clears throat> the street name would be. And it just doesn't bode well for a small uh, map when you got huge names all over the place. Um, and this was many uh, first of many partnerships between Ram McNally and the nation's oil companies. Um, uh, Ram McNally was hired in uh, 1819 by the Gulf Oil Company to produce maps for Gulf uh, Gulf promo uh, promotional campaign. The company also began producing educational materials for students in 1922. Ram McNally published their first edition of Goods World Atlas named after their first editor, Dr. J. Paul Good. The book became the standard for geography text for U.S. high schools and colleges and would see the 19th edition published in the mid-1990s. The first Ram McNally Road Atlas was published in 1924, and by this time Ram McNally had completed publication of a complete set of numbered highway maps covering the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Among uh, many company milestones was the fact that in 1927 Ram McNally road maps were used by Charles Lindbergh for navigation over land during his historic uh, flight across the Atlantic Ocean. And in 1933, Andrew McNally II became the president of the company under his leadership for an early foray into retail operations, which realized when the first road, uh, Ram McNally road map and travel store opened in New York City in 1937. So that brings us up pretty much the present day form of the maps that we know it. Um, the road atlases, like I said, that were introduced in 1924. Um, so when the war came out, there was much, much demand for more maps and more detailed maps. Maps, so particularly uh, European maps, um, escalated during World War II. In fact, the company's press began working 24 hours a day to meet orders that scheduled to continue throughout the war. Um, aside from products. For the war effort, the company also engaged in children's book publishing. During the 1940s, Ram McNally published the works for noted children's author Margaret Henry, um, whose best-selling children's books included The Mystery of Ch uh, Chino Teague and King of the Wind. In 1947, the company published Kon Tiki, written by a relatively unknown Norwegian scientist, Thor... Uh, higher wall. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not going to get that right. <laughs> the book became an international bestseller. Uh, another Rand McNally printing specialty during this time involved tickets used to uh, use for the transportation industry. 
1945, the company created a new ticket book with carbons that el eliminated the previously bulky accordion fold product uh, used for airline and train tickets. A third generation of the McNallys continued the tradition of family leadership when Andrew McNally III became president of the company in 1948. The following year, Ram McNally entered the book uh, of manufacturing business on a full-scale basis when they purchased the W.B. Conkey Company. So moving into the 50s, uh, Rand McNally moved its headquarters in 1952 to Chicago's uh, suburb of Stokey to a newly constructed facility. Newer product development characterized the error as the company's ticket division produced the first pressure-sensitive tickets, which eliminated the need for carbons in 1953. Moreover, Ram McNally became the first commercial map maker to um, utilize the scribing process to draw, uh, draft map, maps and process the revolutionizing map making during this time. Um, when the first publication of the f uh, full color Ram McNally Road Atlas in 1960 came about, uh, it was modestly successful publication, um, becoming the world's most popular travel guide increased title uh, production and demand for ram mcnally products prompted it. the 1962 construction of an additional book manufacturing plant over this time they had another plant in kentucky and um that plant expanded to cover more than a million square feet and became one of the largest book manufacturing plants in the country. By the end of the 80s, uh, the, the printing plant would be the large, largest maker of juvenile books in the United States. In 1969, the book manufacturing comp company, a subsidiary of the company, automated the process by which thumb indexes were cut into the labels for dictionaries, encyclopedias, I remember that from school, it made it much easier, um, and in that following year, the company also published the first edition of the New International Atlas following a two-year multi-million dollar investment. The publication marked a new standard for U.S. mapmakers and enabled the company to overcome the traditional dom dominance of European mapmakers. In 1957, the company acquired a book manufacturing facility in Taunton, Massachusetts. So as we move into the 80s, they just kept innovating and uh, like with the carbon uh, <clears throat> carbon free tickets in the um, 50s, they just really wanted to focus on the, the um, evolution of kind of technology. And they continued uh, as they introduced a TDM, um, a computerized version of the mile marker, an online uh, mileage and routing system for truckers and shippers, which soon became an industry standard. By 1988, TDM was offering a PC-based micro mile marker version of its mile marker mileage and routing system that was previously only available as a mini frame or a microcomputer package. Um, the PC-based system was, in, uh, was aimed at smaller carriers who did not require a mainframe computer and who found its time sharing too expensive. 
During this time, Ram McNally's dock system unit specialized in supplying airline and ground transportation tickets and bagging tags, along with other technologically complex documents and automated systems. DocuSystem pioneered the application of magnetic stripes onto an automated, automatic ticking, ticket and boarding passes for United Airlines. The unit also developed an electronic ticketing system for airlines that used barcodes to detect ticket fraud, which was costing the airlines industries $200 to $500 million per year internationally. By the end of the 1980s, DocuSystems has completed a series of strategic acquisitions to enhance the development of advanced capabilities in magnetic stripping and bagging tags. The company closed out the decade by expanding its chain of map and travel stores, locating them in upscale malls and downtown areas, and by 1994 there were more than 20 operating stores throughout the United States. In 1993, Andrew McNally IV was named the ch uh, chairman, uh, eventually succeeding his father. Um, John S. Baclar was appointed the president, becoming the first non-family member to hold that position in the company's history. He also served as the company's chief uh, operating officer. Also this time, a fifth generation of McNally's joined the company when Andrew McNally V began working at the company's media service group in 1994. Um, towards the end of 93, they kind of moved away from the huge printing productions in the warehouses and they began to move more digital uh, towards digital production. So... Like I said, they were staying on top of the ball and not getting left behind. Uh, many of the company's customers were equipped to submit digital files instead of traditional mechanic, mechanical and film materi materials used to create printing pallets. In February 1994, Ram McNally and Eastman Kodak announced plans to install a direct-to-plate system to test the computer-to-plate system for long, prints, long print runs. After completing a successful test period, Ram McNally purchased a full-time production system for installation in September of 1995. A combination test site, production center, and show place uh, in the Kentucky plant had grown from 300,000 square feet and 23 employees in 1962 to more than 1,000 employees and 1 million square foot. So by the late 1990s, the company was kind of put in check the uh, privately held company about which little financial information was ever made available available began to uh, divest several of its op operations in 1997 Ram McNally announced its intentions to sell its book services group, which included the company's uh, Kentucky printing plant and another printing plant in uh the one previously acquired in uh, Taunton, Massachusetts. A company spokesperson announced that Ram McNally would now concentrate on its core map-making business. The plants were sold to World Color Press Incorporated based in Greenwich, uh, Connecticut, the third largest provider of print and digital information in the United States in 1995 with revenues of $1.3 billion. Prior to the sale, Ram McNally was one of the three largest producer, producers of hardcover books in the United States, and its book services group accounted for more than $150 million of the company's estimated annual revenue of $500 million. 
the division had about 1,700 employees. So also on the block were Rand McNally's Media Service Division and DocuSystems. With, uh, within a couple of months, Media Service was sold to McQueen, a Scottish software company, and DocuSystems was sold to Chicago, an investment bank banking firm. That left Rand McNally with about 1,000 employees down from 4,000 uh, prior to sales. In April 1997, Ram McNally hired investment banking firm Goldman Sachs to explore its strategic options, and by September, an announcement was made that the controlling interest in the company would be sold out to AEA investors. In November of that year, shareholders in AEA Investors Incorporated um, and the management of Ram McNally, uh, Ram McNally acquired a controlling interest in the Ram McNally and Company. AEA was founded in 1969 by a leading industrial family and chief executives of major corporations for the purpose of making investments in market-leading companies with attractive growth for other opportunities. Um, so following the sale, the McNally family retired from active management in the company, and uh, Andrew McNally the fourth remained um, on the board of directors. Henry Feinberg was promoted to the president's uh, was promoted to president of the company's publishing group and the president of, and chairman of the entire company. So in December 1997, Ram McNally opened a new internet travel store at www.rammcnallystore.com. This site offered consumers more than 3,000 products, including maps, travel guides, globes, softwares, games, and other travel accessories. And at the end of the 1990s, this new streamlined Ram McNally was organized into seven divisions, map and atlas publishing, consumer software, educational publishing, Ram McNally TDM, uh, map and travel stores, all maps and um, cartographic and information, information services. So with cash in hand, Ram McNally was prepared to make some acquisitions. They acquired Thomas Brothers Maps, a privately held map publisher based in Irvine, California. Uh, the deal closed in the first quarter of 1999. Um, Atlas's had noted that the map making industry was ripe for consolidation and Thomas was considered one of the major regional players. Um, so, I mean... They took their losses, not really losses because they gained a bunch of money on it, but they found out what was working and they kind of wanted to stick straight with the maps and and they sold off all they could with the, the publishing companies and the um, docu-systems and then, um, like I said, just continued with the road atlases. So that's a pretty um, solid history of Ray McNally and... Um, where they were for the first 120 so years but uh we're gonna get into some some cool little facts i found and then we're gonna kind of focus a little more on the road atlas aspect of the company um so night uh I'm sorry, 2024 marks the company's 100th anniversary of their production of uh, road atlases. And, uh, you know, it's a lot harder for them to survive 
now um, than it was in the 60s, 70s, and 80s with the birth of, you know, you had the GPS systems in uh, available f to buy in like the early 2000s that you could put in your car and all the way up until the mid 2010s I guess when it became way more accessible and almost everyone had a GPS just in their um, smartphone so um, they're definitely fighting an uphill battle but they're still continuing to survive and in 2021 they actually saw an uptick in sales of paper maps again over 20 percent travelers are finding that they actually can look at the overview of where they're going and fully understand the concept of where they're going instead of just following a little icon on their gps so um it's not that they're using the, the paper map you know completely and throwing out the gps because that would just be insane um with the technology with the gps is they um will even tell you uh, things you can't see that are ahead and, and reroute you to different places and that saves definitely a lot of time so people are kind of using a combination of both uh, the inaugural edition of the atlas was published in 1924 and was referred to the ram mcnally auto chum the nation was embracing car travel as nearly two million four model t's hit the road with gas costing 21 cents per gallon uh, featuring the first 48 states that existed hand-drawn and covered, covering almost uh, exclusively dirt and gravel roads with a few made of concrete, the Atlas did not contain many roads um, or features considered common for today's printed online and mobile maps. So I want to do a little bit of a comparison of... Um, <clears throat> the 1924 road atlas edition and the 2024 road atlas edition so in 1924 they did not identify roads by numbers uh, instead roads were listed by their names such as lincoln highway which is still shown on the road atlas in fact the atlas depicted zero miles of interstate and those roads did not yet exist Today's atlas contains more than 345,000 miles of highways, including more than 46,000 miles of interstate. Um, in 1924, it did not include an index for cities or other places. If a driver didn't know where a town was located, he or she would have to page through the atlas to find it. The current atlas features... Um, Eight pages of tens of thousands of points of interest, including 60 U.S. national parks, uh, in addition to place names. Um, in 1924, it did not appear in full color, um, which is not much of a surprise, but the 1924 atlas was printed in only two colors, dark blue and red. The first color edition was printed in 1960. Uh, today's maps use color to indicate road classifications, terrain, city size, among other descriptive details. So now to the full 2024 100th Anniversary Collector's Edition Road Atlas. Uh, this edition includes a review of how road travel has changed, a chart of fuel prices by decade, a, a montage of many of the past jacket covers and many other interesting travel insights the road atlas comes in multiple sizes and formats 
uh, including versions with large-scale maps, standard size, and easy-to-read mid-size maps, and spiral binding. URLs for additional up-to-the-moment information such as road conditions, emergency information, and details to enhance the trip. Um, also, you can visit... Um, oops, sorry. Also, you can visit rammcnally.com slash 100 years uh, or rammcnally.com slash retrospective or rammcnally.com slash roadatlas for more information on all the Road Atlas products. Pretty interesting. You could uh, put the two atlases side by side 100 years apart and look at the difference between the two. So now we're going to kind of go over um, the atlases in depth with you know the way the covers looked at the time and stuff like that so like I said it is the hundredth anniversary um, of the road atlas the early editions of the atlas were vintage delights uh, the detailed maps were wrapped with eye-catching covers that celebrate the liberty afforded by tra road travel the cover art during these initial years depicted a time of leisure and touring as many people were taking road trips for fun. Uh, the focus on bright colors, glamorous sports cars, and roads, roads mendering uh, through picturesque scenery. The Ram McNally Atlas was the first of its kind in the early years, and the team struggled with the best uh, to label roads with long names. Eventually, um, decided to um, mark the roads um, with the origin of the American Highway numbering system, like I said before, that made it um, way more feasible to fit on a map. And by the 1950s, more change was afoot, and this was reflected in the evolving cover designs. Um, President Eisenhower enacted the Federal Highway Act in 1956, which we talked about in previous episodes, family road trip and stuff like that, uh, which pro provided the money to build a 41,000-mile network of interstate highway. The modern roads completed in, 19, in the 1950s design styles of mid-century modern from the cars that people drove to the cover art of Varan McNally Road Atlas, which featured simple lines, limited colors, and artistic typefaces. And I posted a, a quick little reel earlier this week and uh, through the 20s to the 80s, I believe, of all the different Ram McNally uh, covers. And you can go check that out and see what I'm talking about. Um, so that was into the 50s. And this gave way to a streamlined, sleeker, more sleeker appearance in the 60s and 70s. In the later half of the 20th century, there was a move towards photo-led designs. Um, by the time the 1980s rolled out, the family road trip was a part of growing up. Uh, crisp photos of American beauty dominated the covers, letting uh, the image sell the adventures as more people piled into their minivans and hit the road. The current edition of the Ram McNally Atlas has a cover grounded in simplicity and style. Today, technology drives the auto industry, but amidst all of this, the old school road trip still thrives. 
The Road Atlas covers of today feature high-resolution photos of landscapes and national parks to provide plenty of visual inspiration to plan your next adventure. Surveying 95 years of cross-country travel, Ram McNally noted some interesting trends. Each new edition features thousands of changes that could reflect anything from road changes to a name change of uh, a change of town or a geographical feature update. Every year, Ram McNally's team and a team of um, cartographic experts considers new areas that may benefit from additional mapping, including a metropolitan areas and uh, detailing major road changes. Perhaps the biggest change in recent years is our reliance on mobile devices and satellite navigation, but there is still, like I said, a need for road atlases in the era of GPS. And people are saying that um, road atlases are still the best way to get the big picture perspective of a road um, than the smaller screens on your phone. And they, do, like I said, they really can't provide you a, a good overview, detailed overview anyway, of where you are going. Um, customer research shows that the road atlas is used for trip planning and uh, for on-the-road um Peace of mind as a backup. Um, no batteries or signals required. So, like I said, it's kind of combo of both. Like, um, I'm sure people aren't using just the road app. Maybe you, could, you would do that um, as a fun adventure. But uh, just, I would say, get used to being lost. Um, as well as the 19. 2019 edition of the atlas there is also seen the publications of the american journey a treasury of the ram mcnally road atlas cover 1924 to 2019 um this book is awesome um this is actually what sparked me to um do this topic is i i stumbled upon this book at one of i forgot what store it was but it just has every uh pretty much I think every cover for for the 95th anniversary in 2019 and um, I would suggest looking that up or um, <clears throat> looking into it uh, just the covers alone is what attracted me towards the uh, atlases and and like I said or just before that obviously that that was one of their main um, tactics because people that were attracted to the covers and that's what brought them to the atlases at some point um so it's crazy to think how this company evolved and is still evolving and, and still seems like they're doing pretty well from themselves from the early uh or i'm sorry the late 1800s all the way up into 2024 um even with the parts of the uh company that they sold off and uh they knew when to uh who knows if they didn't sell off the publishing and the docu system companies? Maybe they would be underwater at this point. But they they sold off what they could. They stayed afloat and they're still running in 2024. So I hope you guys like this episode. Um, I found it very interesting and uh, like I said, without these uh, Ram, McNe Ram McNally uh, road atlases. Um, Without them, we might not be doing episodes on uh, road trips or roadside attractions or uh, tales from road because people wouldn't know where they were going. 
No, I'm just kidding. I mean, there would be probably some kind of dysfunctional map company or you would still be trying to read the, uh, who knows, there would be the street names all over your GPS and you wouldn't, uh, couldn't really even see where you're going. But uh, I wanted just to give my sources for this episode. Uh, companies-histories.com was one of the sources for the first part of the episode. The last part that we just read was CNN.com. And then the couple facts that I used in between, I got the, those from uh, PRNewsWire.com. Um, like I said, so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, you have any other questions or concerns or any other topic suggestions, you could message me on Instagram at Americana underscore uncovered. You could email me at Americana uncovered at gmail.com. And uh, I hope you guys have a good week and I will see you next week. Take care.